All right, George, here okay. we go. Great. Feel pumped? Feel good? Pretty pumped. Pretty pumped. All right. <laughs> That's some, we're not going to put this in. This is just us getting ready. Everybody listening, we're not going to put this in the podcast. This is me warming up yeah. my voice. Edit right over this. Hey, Worsties, uh, the power of Christ compels you to uh, something or other. Thank you, George. Great intro. Great uh, way to describe what we're doing here. Um, we're seeing a podcast where we watch two movies, a great one and a bad one. Then we pick the worst scene in the great film and the best scene in the bad one. I am, as always, one of your fabulous and beloved co-hosts, Richard, here with me today. Also... George, you heard me already, but hi, hi. And we have a guest host. Uh, Land, hello. Now, you, you referred to your listeners as worsties. Yes. Has, have you ever done this before? Or is this we just said worsties before? Yeah. We've said it once or thrice. Ooh, I didn't have you right. would, you I, would, shouldn't you know that? Didn't you listen to every episode of uh, research? You don't have to listen or, to every episode of a podcast. I didn't know there were episodes. But uh, it's okay. Hello, worsties. You know nobody's nobody's gonna go, so nobody's good. going with that out there. In radio. Look, I'm just trying to be young. <laughs> okay. So, George, our first film. Tell us, tell us about it. Oh, okay. All right, go tell us what you're. So we're we're watching two movies. Two movies. No, what's the first one, George? Um, our great film is The Exorcist, and our bad film is essentially an unofficial sequel to The Exorcist repossessed yeah um boy all right the exorcist i guess i'll start talking about the movie now uh the exorcist was released in the year 1973 it was directed by bc Ooh. uh you always ask the tough questions can we slow this down a little bit okay <laughs> Um, so, uh, The Exorcist was directed by one of my favorites, uh, Autos. Uh, no, that's horrible. Uh, let's cut that out. So we're <laughs> going to just leave it in anyway. Um, this is, uh, made by William Friedkin, who just won the Oscar, like, a year before for The French Connection. Um, a good movie, also, that we'll probably cover at some point. Uh, the script was written by William Peter Blatty, who was adapting his own novel. And, um... The Exorcist was, to put it mildly, a popular movie. Um, adjusted for inflation, this is one of Warner Brothers' highest grossing films of all time. I mean, maybe better than some of the Harry Potter films. Something like almost $2 billion in like U.S. receipts alone. This is back when like a film ticket was like a buck fifty or two bucks. It's 1973. Um, so that's pretty good. Uh, this that is also, is... I think this is maybe the first time a horror film was nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. I could be wrong. I uh, do very little research for these. I just write copious notes. Uh, let's see. This movie was also nominated for Best Actress, Ellen Burstyn. Best Supporting Actor, Jason Miller, who was also a playwright who won a Pulitzer, I believe. Uh, Best Supporting Actress, Linda Blair, who was also in our uh, second feature tonight, Repossessed, spoiler alert. Uh, 
Best Director, Best Cinematography, Best Editing, Production Design, and it only won the Oscar for Best Sound Mixing, which is actually really fantastic in this film. You can't often point to a movie and say, oh yeah, that's sound mixing. But this one, oh man. Am I right, Land? That uh, really jumped at me, the mixing. And uh, William Peter Blatty won for Best Adapted Screenplay. Okay, uh, we're going to get into some complicated stuff here. This film spawned four-ish sequels. Okay, there was Exorcist 2, The Heretic, with Linda Blair. Exorcist 3, which is a really underrated film that the studio gutted. Uh, and then they hired Paul Schrader to do Exorcist Dominion, which is a prequel. The studio didn't like that movie. They thought it was too cerebral or something. So then they hired a new screenwriter and the filmmaker, Rennie Harland, who, um, great filmmaker, did uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Die Hard 2, uh, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, um, on and on and on. Um, so he basically reshot almost an entirely new film with the existing cast. And then they tested that film and the audiences didn't like it. And they actually kind of preferred what Paul, Sha Paul, Sh Paul Schaefer preferred what Paul Schrader had done. And so then they had to kind of rework that. Anyway, it's a mess. So it's like four and a half, five sequels, right? That math seems Sounds four. I'll say four. Okay. okay. And then also a TV series and a stage play. Actually, I was in London uh, this year and there was a, in the West End, The Exorcist. And I was like, oh, fuck, is that a musical? I'll go see an Exorcist musical. Uh, of course, forgetting. Was it a musical? No, it was just a straight up play that um, I read some of the reviews. Slightly scathing. But anyway, this is a, a, <laughs> it's a successful property. And in 2000, they, a new cut of the film titled The Version You've Never Seen was released. So for tonight's show, um, just want to let all of you know out there, all 28 of you, that I decided to watch the theatrical cut as opposed to the version you've never seen for, for this episode. Yeah, because you've never seen it. Yeah. So not make any sense. Yeah. And this is, we're, we're talking about the one that made the billion dollars, and that is the theatrical cut. Yeah, and there's a lot of bad reviews of the yeah. version you've never seen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, director's cuts are so rarely actually improvements. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why movies have editors. Yeah. Now, uh, what is the difference between the director's cut? Is it? A, I'm glad you is asked. there a ceiling crawling involved? There's a spider walk. Spider walk. The ceiling crawling is in Exorcist Three. Actually, we may have. Did, did we have oh. did one of the members of our podcast watch the director's cut? And no, I watched the one that was on Amazon, which I believe is theatrical. I think they're both, but yeah. <clears throat> You can bleep that in because they just, Lord knows they don't need the product placement. No, no. Um, but hey, they yeah, we'll just bleep that out every yeah. time you say it. And, and, and. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not going to do a lot. There's a lot of trivia you can read about on the internet. Uh, this movie has been called Cursed, even though it was a fucking cash cow. Um, there are podcasts about just this movie. What, what was Cursed about it, George? Because I know that uh, a movie I get this one confused with, Poltergeist. Right. It's definitely Curse. Like the little yeah, girl died she or died. Um, what was Cursed about Exorcist? I don't know. <laughs> this is fascinating. Uh, Richard? No, somebody got somebody's kid got hit by a car or something. Like oh. Like the same year? Like what's the what's the connection? while making it? I don't know, but there's a big crew. People get hit by cars. <laughs> yeah, it's not doesn't mean anything. 
Fuck, I'm coming off really well. Yeah, this, this, this is good. This is <laughs> see where your moral, it's like, oh, yeah. moral comments. This is like what everyone finds, everyone finds out that I am just a heartless sociopath who <laughs> grins while the world burns around me. Kids get hit by cars all the time. Yeah, it doesn't mean yeah. the, the movie's cursed just because it's being made about, at the same time. Hannibal yeah. Lecter talking about like God dropped a, uh, a church on whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that when we cover Manhunter. Um, <laughs> Look out for that one, folks. That'll be in 2020. Yep. Ooh, uh, that's just around the corner. Right. Episode 89. So, many, wait, how many pages you got of this? Joke? No, this is this is the last of my intro, okay. and then I've got. All right. So, um, but wow. there's a lot of trivia. You can find out why people think it's cursed by by looking at both the Wikipedia and the IMDb pages yeah, for it. We're not here to explain the movies to you or talk about them. No. You, <laughs> trying to get, we're trying to get a sponsor, folks. <laughs> if you work for a company that wants to give money to people who sit around and talk about movies... Podcasts uh, show a lot of return on investment. Yeah. ROI. ROI. That's the, uh, yeah. the shortened version of so, that. So if you okay, are interested in sponsoring a podcast... Oh, God, let's get send an email. Say, can we get back to the Usually movies? Usually there would be an ad playing right now. We're just advertising our yeah, willingness man. to advertise. It's Why not you, our fault. You know, on every episode, you can't these, come here. We're trying to make money. These fucking heartless capitalists don't want to give us the money. All right, so so we got to take it. we got to take like, the money. This is like a your ad here. Yeah, yeah exactly. This is like how good okay. this could be. We could be reading it. We are showing people like the quality that they could have yeah. if we were reading their ads right now. Yep. The emotion with which we would. All right, well, bring it back to the, the, the okay. movies. I want to talk about movies. Oh, yeah, that's why. And uh, and now we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Uh, so uh, when we left off, Richard was about to tell us about the worst scene in The Exorcist. Oh, yes, The Exorcist. George, could you remind me of the name of the playwright? Oh, who... Uh, Jason Miller, father of uh, Wright. Yes, father of the star of Speed 2, Cruise Control. And the Lost Boys. Let's not totally... <laughs> I'm sorry. I was, I was just connecting to our audience in yeah. a way that they would understand. And, and dumped by Julia Roberts. Was yeah, he was doing a lot of good stuff. Um, what's amazing as I was looking it up is that um, Jason mm-hmm. Miller is dead. While meanwhile... His son Jason Patrick is alive it's alive <laughs> sorry i didn't realize we were playing a, <laughs> playing a, a game here but, um, uh, it's a call and response game it is. But, this is a live z dead z's but what's his name um who is in his 90s uh max, max von, von sida max von sida was still alive yeah no he was old he was I actually was aged up. He was not he was old. Aged up. Yeah, he was, he was not actually old. Yeah. And it's like, wait, I'm about five years away from this guy. Right. And I should I be looking that old? So we should do some work. We should really get to work on that. We should. We should. Just gonna lay out in the sun and just just drink whiskey. That's right. It's a smart call. It's your solution to everything. Shut up. <laughs> so you did a good job introducing the extras and I don't know that oh, I add any any additional color to your description. Uh, I can get right down to my picks. Uh, for for what would be the worst scene? Now, The Exorcist has a lot of really stunning scenes in it. Probably nothing like most people had seen in a theater up to mm-hmm. that point in 1973. Uh, it is still clearly a movie that was made in the early 70s, uh, and a movie that didn't really care necessarily for a perfectly uh, connected together plot. There's mm-hmm. a lot of jumping around. There's a lot of a, Time compression. Time compression. A lot of assuming that you will make the leap, the logical leap from here. Because guess here. what? Heights in the 70s were pretty smart yeah. film goers. So you could make those leaps. Um, but occasionally that can be a little jarring. Mm-hmm. 
But the movie is incredible looking, incredible sounding. One of the best mixes of all time, as we discussed earlier. You're welcome. <laughs> and Linda Blair is at her best in terms of acting at this point. She is. She even reminded me a little bit of at points of Eleven mm-hmm. from Stranger Things. Sure. Mm-hmm. All the stuff in the medical. Yeah, facility. just how she just she really had a presence that I, obviously she kind of lost over time. So. Anyway, worst scenes in the Exorcist. There's a there's a few things. There's a bit there's a bit too I there's a bit too much of getting us ready for the Exorcist to come and do some exercising. And mm-hmm. in, in the Exorcist, I mean, it's easy to forget this is called the Exorcist, not the Exorcism. So uh-huh. we spend a lot of time meeting the Exorcist and meeting the Exorcist's mother, and spending a lot of time with the Exorcist, like boxing, really getting to know oh. the the Exorcist. And that's some cool stuff. It almost felt, there's just a bit of it that felt too much like you're putting together one last big exorcism before, you know, it's just one last big score. It's like the wild Or you retire. Thing. It's just like, this is going to be the big one. This is the one mm-hmm. we're going to do it. We're going to be done exercising people. And there's just a little too much of that. So maybe there was a bit, bit too much exorcist uh, for me before exercising began to happen. Uh-huh. That's one thing. But that's not mm-hmm. the worst part because it's also really well done. Yeah, he's amazing. He like, is he's, amazing. He's, he's like, whoa, shit. You're drawn to that dude. And then the earlier stuff when they're in Iraq at the very beginning, uh-huh. it's just kind of disconnected from the from the rest of the film for me. Yeah. Um, they actually shot in Iraq. They're the first American film to, to film in Iraq. And that was like Friedkin was like, not flexible on that <laughs> that's great that's what happens like win an oscar shoot in iraq so that makes it that makes it really cool it just felt like it was just kind of isolated uh-huh. didn't really for me feel like it was connected to the rest of the film that yeah. much it yeah. took a while too yeah it took, was a long took time longer than i remember as a freaking freak as we call ourselves um it really is a thing that we like like when we get around to the movie sorcerer it's a lot of like the iraq stuff is really he that's where he went after this movie is like i want to do more of that and do a little less of the narrative stuff yeah yeah so i mean but it's also creepy and and again the the actual visuals and the feeling and the that it gives you with the visuals with is that's very very good it's just plot wise doesn't fit into anything mm-hmm. but it's not the worst thing because it's so good so i'll give you my worst thing i'm just going to hit you with it right now i'm not going to spend too much time building up to it today because we have a guest host here uh-huh, uh-huh. on land. Right. And so I, there's something that just really bothers me in a scene that's otherwise like weird and creepy. And it's when our exorcist comes running to the house because he's been called to come see what's going on there. And they run upstairs with the like the servant, nanny. the nanny. And they go running upstairs and the nanny starts like parting Linda Blair's clothing and oh, running right. in her shirt and everything. Oh, right, 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 right. So right. we can watch uh, Linda Blair's body, right, help me yeah. on her stomach, which is disturbing. However, did the nanny receive a letter in the mail that this was going to happen? Did someone call yeah. her and let her know? Did she go yeah. up and the demon said, hey, in 30 minutes, I'm going to write something on She's going to write something on her stomach. You better get up here. So it's not, I'm really good at impression. So yeah. the. That's <laughs> so. How would she know that help me was going to be? It wasn't just it wasn't there already. It got written after she parted her shirt, so it wasn't. It was something that she had to know was coming. Yet there was no way for her to know that was going to happen. So that was a little. That was like, oh, that's just random. Like here, let me take half of her clothes off so you can now wait and Mm -hmm. watch the words "help me" be written on her skin. 
which I would, had no way of knowing would happen, despite the fact that I'm a skilled nanny. That's still not something that I would yeah, have yeah. Uh, insider information about. So that's my worst scene in The Exorcist. Great call. I, I, I thought that when it was happening. Thank well, you. Hey, I, I live for praise. <laughs> I, but I, I didn't write that one down. That's a, that's a good one. Hey, How should we do this? You want to go or should I go? Yeah, I think I'll, usually I'll go, I'll go next. We'll go. And then I'll close clockwise. it out. Clockwise as time. the clock goes, as the time goes. Yeah, I had not thought of that um, either. But that there was something suspect about that scene. Mm. Most of this movie is uh, really well done. It's, mm -hmm. it's a masterfully made movie that has received a lot of praise, and has also influenced many other films. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not used to talking out loud. Um, I have, I often get um, a, a little backstory. My name's Land, and uh, <laughs> I used to be afraid of scary movies. Uh, I used to get a uh, Exorcist and Poltergeist and mm -hmm. Hellraiser confused, mm. which was because they were all just like movies that were too scary for me to watch. But now I've seen Exorcist a few times, and it's a it's a a well made movie. It's a little slow by today's standards. I'm gonna say. Not a lot happens in the movie. Um, what is my <laughs> what is my least favorite part? Uh, what have I written down? Now Pazuzu, he has a snake penis. You know about Pazuzu? Uh, that name is so <laughs> dumb. I've always found that name to be quite dumb. Actually, I just there's just one like flash of a scene that's my that I thought was the corniest part of this movie, which is Pazuzu is. Um, the uh the statue of the demon yeah with uh as i said a snake for a penis and that's um, a classic demon move classic classic pazuzu <laughs> <laughs> you know she was inhabited by uh by pazuzu right right <clears throat> i'm actually surprised we haven't been talking about pazuzu or saying that word more often i know because it's just uh, i can't stop once i start i try to not is the problem so that's that's why Anyway, my I thought the corniest scene of this movie was it, it, there's like a lot of subliminal flashes. Why, sure. are you, why are you looking at that clock? No, I'm checking the battery, make sure that we're <laughs> all right. All right. You're you don't need you're taking you're not going slow. Take your time. Talk as long as you want. Thank you, thank you for validating me. Um, this movie has a lot of subliminal mm -hmm. subliminal flashes mm -hmm. of that are sometimes very frightening. Like that used to really scare me, like the pointy teeth demon and like the just like poop poop poop. Or oh, it was like the white the white against yeah the, the black white guy. face. Yeah. That's like very effective. Even even and apparently to this day. that was a failed makeup test for how they wanted to make her look. Oh, and they is just that what used that, that still, or freaking use that still for yeah other stuff yeah. But there's there's one shot where you know she's being exercised and it's just like kind of a shadow of her body flailing around and they just do a shot of Pazuzu next to her which is just like the statue that he saw in Iraq in the beginning and I'm gonna say that's my worst scene. Wow. <laughs> oh, she like she had sculpted that out of like whatever that clay was that she was making the animals out of. No, no, or no. It just, just it was like an effect. It was oh, a I visual see. effect. It's actually a flash of I the see. statue. So they just did one of those subliminal effects. Where you see Pazuzu, and they just for like a few frames, she's kind of like flailing around and like a modern dancer or something. It's, it was just a little. I was like, all right, guys. <laughs> if you'd been a producer at the time, <laughs> hey, listen, I got a few notes. Wow, good um, flick though. Good flick. Good flick. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Um, 
shit. Actually, I have a question. So we were talking about Pazuzu. Um, <laughs> now I'm confused. Did Reagan get possessed because she used the Ouija board? Is yeah, that what they're telling us? There was that seemed to be it. But why did Pazuzu? Why was Pazuzu? There was a possessing her. There's an amulet with Pazuzu yes. on it. But how did how did how was she involved with an amulet? Um. I don't really know. Yeah. I don't remember how the amulet got. I'm into okay her house. with it just being oh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. Did you see also in the Iraq sequence? This is a, a pre-purple cloak cameo by Emperor Palpatine uh, in the horse buggy that almost runs over. Probably not the same person. Probably just an old person driving a buggy. <laughs> Why do you think that's Emperor Palpatine? Same same outfit. Like saying, It'd be funny if that guy, even when yeah, he was that yeah. young, was Ian still McDermott playing, is like, "Oh, I'm going to be uh, Palpatine." Just I always, always put old person yeah. makeup on yeah. me. I don't want to be seen uh, otherwise. Uh, here's a, I have a really powerful note here. This is a very good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for writing that down. Yeah, uh, I think actually the scariest stuff for me was the hospital. The the whole yeah, yeah. sequence of scenes in the hospital when they're doing all the tests and. The way that some of those machines sound, um, they stick the needle in yeah, her neck. That, yeah, that was that, that was that was the scariest stuff. Um, oh, yeah. I also thought, like, Wait, why did they have to stick it into her neck? I don't know, bro. I wrote a note about that. Like, you don't have to draw blood from the neck and have it all spurt all over. Is that the standard practice at the time? In the seventies, yeah, they didn't have yeah. the technology that we had. Yeah. Now. <laughs> um, I also thought at one point that this was actually a movie that was really about puberty um, <laughs> yeah that makes sense yeah it's less it's it's less of a great thought because it was you know written or directed by a bunch of you know older white guys but um whatever um but it's 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 a it is a fairly cruel film uh, yes. towards linda blair oh no <laughs> I've just turned the page of my notebook and it's a blank page. <laughs> what, do you, what, what are you going to say hey, now? Hey, oh, there we go. Don't worry, okay. folks. There's a hundred uh, more pages. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm well prepared for this stuff. Um, but anyway, uh, my pick actually has to do with the cruelty and my pick is the crucifix scene. I didn't Ooh, like yeah. it when I saw oh, this movie yeah. as a little kid. It's just too cruel and mean. I'm sure it's in the book. I know it's in the book, actually. Um, but this is kind of like the same reason I don't like Game of Thrones. It's like too mean, just too yeah sadistic for yeah, my. That was that was, that was yeah. too yeah, sadistic. Like I'm not gonna read. Yeah, I get they're trying to like push it to the point where you're very uncomfortable. Yeah, it's like an artistic choice. But yeah, it's very uncomfortable when she does those things. She says other stuff too, just which I will not repeat. But yeah, I just uh, even when I was a kid, like I well, it was funny. My mom showed this to me when I was a kid, and. She laughed along at some of it. She found some of the stuff with the possessed kid funny. And I think in doing that, in laughing at it, she kind of encouraged my brother and I to see this as a work of fiction, as a piece of art and not as something real, something to really hold on to, as something to be scared about. And I think that's pretty cool. That is um, very cool. Yeah. It's an important thing to, to learn. I mean, yeah, I, I, watch, I watch horror movies every day in October. Um, Halloween is my favorite holiday of the year, uh, literally any year. Just want to make that clear. Um, we know. Thanks. But, I mean, but I, I have nightmares. I have. I definitely have nightmares, and they're not necessarily, not necessarily about the film that I just watched. Um, but I, I welcome it. 
Well, that's not the point I want to make. <laughs> Lan, okay. where am I going? Did your did your parents introduce you to a horror movie? Yeah, absolutely. Or? Yeah. When I when I we'll talk about this when we do Night of Living Dead, but my mom was pregnant with me, and she was home alone in a um, sort of rural house, and my dad was working like a late night shift, and she was watching the late night movie, and it was Night of Living Dead, which is set in a farmhouse that was not dissimilar from where they were living. Mm-hmm. So it was like that's Jeez. the first yeah. horror movie I ever saw. In in a farmhouse? She I or, mean it was, okay. you know, rural like, you know, eastern Ohio. How old were you when you saw your first horror movie? Uh I know you saw Robocop when yeah, you were what like, is your Robocop? first horror movie. Yeah, it was my first horror movie. Um boy, my brother probably know. Shit. But your parents are, like are, I, we saw Lost Boys was eighty seven, so I would have been nine. You know my first horror movie. Uh What's your first horror movie? We'll let George think about Why it. Why can't I remember the name right now? It's, uh, <laughs> it's a John Carpenter film. Mm. Oh. It uh, is... Prince of Darkness. Things. Prince of Darkness. Prince of <laughs> I saw Prince of Darkness when I was probably five years old because my parents, being only 15 years older than me, did not have the like the good sense was to that take it? that kind of film away from their child. Did they take eight. you inside the theater? I would have been eight. Oh, yeah, it's like 19. Yeah, I would have been eight. Thank you. Good point. Um, but unless I saw that'll fuck you up at eight, man. <laughs> yeah, all the video sequences in that, like you were. Yeah, it was yeah. eight because it came out in in uh, oh. in nineteen eighty seven. That's the way let people know how old I am. So the so, so sorry, I, was, I didn't realize you were hedging your bets on the age thing. Prince of Darkness. Yeah, we could have just kept it quiet and been fine. Like, oh, this man. Damn it, I got this no man tax. in his mid thirties and not in his late thirties. Uh, so. At any rate, I had so many nightmares <laughs> about that movie. Very specific oh, yeah. scenes in it. And George knew about my mm-hmm. long-term sort of nightmares from that being the first horror movie I saw. And I remember one day at work, because we always work together wherever we mm-hmm. work, the, I, I turned around and George's uh, desktop background, and he wasn't staying there <laughs> anymore, was the exact visual that I'd seen in my nightmares that have stuck with me for my entire yeah. life. Whoa. And I was really taken yeah. aback. By that, it was a scary moment to see that on George's, and then I had a good laugh. What was, yeah, what it's, was it's the background? The, have you seen Prince of Darkness? Uh, mm, Come over and watch it sometime. It's it's there's people are all having the same subliminal dream. Yeah. Oh, the pumpkin. Like this, no, no, is that's, that a different that's one? How, That's uh, Halloween three. Uh, yeah, sorry, my bad. No, no, but that's also that. I'm less of a but film buff than that. But it's days. like this figure coming out of a church with like white backlighting, yeah. and it's just like it's on this grainy videotape. And it's like the static. Like you hear the static like, talk this in the message background. from the year one. Oh, that it sounds just... really terrifying. And I had so many nightmares of that scene and just being standing in front of it. And yeah. So it's a creepy, scary film, but those moments those are moments the scariest. Are from whence your nightmares were from mm. oh I, I or you knew you knew they were from the movie i knew they were from the movie i remember watching the movie. okay so like with a blanket over my head watching it george's desktop background did not uh jar your memory no no i remembered that george knew that that's yeah. the movie he right. set that 
as yeah. his background on purpose yeah. for me for for Halloween. It's what I do, and it's what we do. And then my next, my I when I was around the same age, it's probably like a year later. My aunt and uncle, again even younger than my parents, so like twelve years older than me, uh, they were keeping me for the weekend or for the night, and they were like, "Then take me to see a movie," and and uh, and. When I got in the car, like I was like, "What are we gonna see?" And they're like, "We're gonna go see Deadly Friend." Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "I don't want to see that." I literally got upset. And I'm like, "This is an R-rated horror film," and and they said, "What do you think we're gonna go see?" And then they said some Disney movie that I forget. And my answer was, "Yes, I uh-huh. thought we were gonna go see that." Uh-huh. I am a child uh-huh. <laughs> that you are bringing to see a film. But then we saw Deadly Friend, which is not in any way scary. Oh, the basketball it. thing, like. Um, I loved Deadly, Deadly Friend. Deadly Friend is great. I really love it. That shit is good. What is Deadly Friend? It's isn't it uh, Kirsty Swanson? Yeah. Who's is. basically it's like if uh, Small Wonder was a horror movie. Yes. Oh wow! It was already yeah. pretty scary. Pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I can't remember like the first horror movie I saw was maybe the there's a movie that was we saw on TV called Nightmares, and it was um, three episodes. And it's got like Emilio Estevez and Leaving from Fear and Robert Carradine and, um, but there's one se- one segment of that that um, really freaked my brother out. But we, I don't know, maybe like one of the classic monster movies. But I, the ones that really stuck with me, I think maybe maybe Nightmares or Maximum Overdrive was one that, that was like oh, cool. Or no, like The Exorcist and The Shining. We saw those fairly young. Yeah, yeah. And like, but The Exorcist, my mom let us see it when we were young, and there is a TV cut of this available. Uh, apparently, CBS paid like ten million dollars for the TV rights, and they showed it. And I don't know how. And I guess Friedkin redubbed some of the lines himself, and it's. Um, I can see that working, but um, but my mom was okay with it, and she like laughed along with it, and was like, "That's not so bad." The movie that the one movie that's given me the most nightmares in my life is uh, Miracle Mile, which is about nuclear war. I've been more horrified about that um, than you know any of the Texas or Louisiana chainsaw massacres. Well, maybe we will someday do on this podcast. Hey. Land. What about you? What's your what's your horror memory? Thanks for including the Lu- Louisiana chainsaw yeah. massacre. Yeah, uh, often yeah. often yeah. neglected. Uh, wow, you really got the deep cuts. <laughs> What was the question again? Like a horror What's movie. What's yeah, your this first, is horror, first movie you horror movie Well, oh, I mean, oh wait, oh, hold on. George Before we, there was we, my mom and I would stay up late to watch Saturday Night Live when I was a little kid. My my brother was like one or two, and there was American World from London was going to be on TV on like KTLA five or or Channel thirteen, and it's like oh, it's the guy who made Blues Brothers, which is a movie my mom loved. And Animal House, a movie that my whole family loved, um, you know, boobs and all. And um, and we get to the point um, five, six minutes into it where uh, Griffin Dunn is being shredded by a werewolf and my mom changed the channel. And that was it. I remember that. I remember uh-huh. seeing the first ten minutes of that and it fucked me up. Yeah. And now that I've seen the whole movie, it's it, I think it, that movie's a goddamn masterpiece. Ah, it's fucking beautiful. Though. Yeah. We'll do that one. Sometime. Yeah, next Halloween we need to mm-hmm. do that one. Stay tuned, twenty nineteen October. 
Oh, my first horror Sorry. movie. I remember my first like scare was uh, it was Large Marge and Pee Wee's Big Adventure, which is <laughs> yes! a lot of yes, a lot of people from our uh, generations like. It's a very uh, terrifying it's a moment. Fucking scream in the theater moment. I mean, I was I remember seeing it on TV, oh. maybe for the first time, and just running into the kitchen, and then I just had to spend some time in the kitchen. And uh, I cried. I think I cried. Just because, like, the build-up and then just, like, the reveal. And then you look at it today, uh, the claymation. It's not... It's still creepy, though. Claymation is very creepy. The build-up. And there's so many little ominous things that are happening up in that point in that movie. I remember... I was, like, so scared of uh, scary things mm -hmm. as a child. I was so sensitive. And I used to close my eyes right when a scary thing would happen in a movie. Which would, of course, burn the image into mm -hmm, my mm -hmm. uh, into my retinas or whatever is happening. It would yeah. make it much, much worse if you just close your eyes and then you're just like, you're extending well, yeah. the, the, the fear, the, the pain of That's that right. moment. All and the I just best horror that films so don't show it. They have yeah. it off screen where you, yeah, just, yeah. you just hear it or... I remember the shadow. seeing the ring in the theater and when the girl's dead <laughs> in the so closet. Was, were you there? First, no, but yeah. I mean, I saw that in the theater. And you weren't there when Craig was making fun of me. Were you? No, okay, but, but I know. I but I, I saw that with a fucking packed house, and there were so many screens. For some, no, for some reason, during my screening, everyone was silent, and I happened. To, I was so scared. I was looking down the whole time, and I looked up, and it was right at this moment when, like, the <laughs> the girl was uh, frozen in yeah. horror from uh, being the scared rictus. to death, which is a terrifying thought to me as an uh, anxiety sufferer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can be scared to death. <laughs> But I remember I was the only person in the, in the audience that, that screamed. I was like, ah! It's just like dead silent. Just me. <laughs> I mean, The Ring is genuinely a masterpiece. Oh, shit with a horse terrifying. on the boat. It's one of the only movies I've watched, you know, in my adult life where I felt scared while watching it. What about... Um... To say it's the only movie, it's not the only movie, I've right? Seen, but it's one that I was no, and it's so super beautifully impressed made by. Too. Yeah, it's amazing. What were you gonna say? What about the the goddamn? What is that movie? This is the movie that makes me sick to my stomach every time I watch it. Um, oh, wow, I own it. It's set in a cave, a bunch of spelunkers. Uh -huh. oh, it's funny because the descent, the descent the does not Jesus. scare me at all, and it annoys Interesting. me because I just feel like it's a bunch of fucking golems running around. Uh, I'm not scared uh -oh. of golem. That's not. That's, that's true. That's they do annoying. look a lot like golems. It's like a oh, fucking golem. I thought they were really scary. At I mean, the time, it's an yeah. it's an intense movie. I so I I. I have a bit of claustrophobia, and I you know, it's oh, caves, you thinking about I, that also, shit. I'm afraid of the dark. I'm I'm definitely afraid of the dark. You know, I'm 40 years old. I'm afraid of the dark, and that's fine. Um, and that movie is just like, oh, all these things that I uh, really can't handle. Yeah, when I uh, saw The Descent, I felt like I'm going to be terrified of this movie, yeah. and I just could not get past the golemness. Uh, okay. Of <laughs> well, so you know, the other so this maybe actually really helps. Um, I one of my biggest it's not necessarily a fear. It's like a problem I have in life. Is like I hate doing outdoors outdoorsy activities with people who my relationship with is crumbling with like if we are not getting along we're doing outdoor activities that's really harsh so pairing that with my fear of the dark yeah, that's, that's, and my claustrophobia this is a perfect it's, the, it's a perfect storm uh much like a film starring george clooney okay <laughs> it's a good reference on that yes. note i think it's time Welcome back, worsties, as George would say. 
to uh, the second half of this episode. Now, for you, this immediately happened after the first half of the episode, but for us, we took a 20-minute break and uh, to you know get ready to talk more. And also hoping that an ad would come in that would fill in that space. Yeah, so who knows? Maybe us. by the time this is actually run, you heard Ooh. an ad there. 20 minutes of ads. 20 minutes of ads. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be that'd good be really good. That's good money. That'd be good, that's for that's money. Good, good, money. good for my pocketbook. <laughs> <laughs> if we ever do have 20 minutes of ads, everybody, I just want to, I'm going to make a plea to you. I'm going to ask you very nicely just to let them run. Let them play. Yeah, please let those 20 minutes run. Listen please to them. Click on any links that they give you. Yeah, if they give you a link. If it installs any viruses, just install them. If they have some sort of free code that you're supposed to enter to, you know, like, Worst eighteen, and you sign up for your free account. That's place yeah. just do it. Or, or, or the service where that you get uh, one free mattress in a box every month. Let just them do it. Let just them know it. that our audience is pliable and ready to listen to any sort of and in like, need nonsense. of a lot of mattresses. You yeah. got room for those mattresses? Come on, we can probably get a Casper mattress ad going. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll do. It. They'll and look, you can just stack them up. They're in a box. They're What's in a that? box, you idiots. You don't have to. Call out Casper mattresses, uh, one of the f- most comfortable, best oh. sleeps I've ever had. Absolutely, one of the top mattresses that you'll find, if not the top mattresses in the world right now. Number one mattress, and I, uh, I believe in bedding.com. You know, like, so if you just want to quantify it, it's like the best mattress you can get that comes out of a box. <laughs> Casper, yeah, was... unless you make it yourself, it's right. the best right. mattress that you can find. <laughs> right. A friendly ghost as well. I would like yeah. to plug Casper the Friendly That's Ghost. That's good. That's because yeah. it's October. Yeah. It's Halloween time. Yeah. Talking about ghosts. Good Goons movie. Back. That's a good movie. Got <laughs> That's Bill Pullman and a cameo by Clint Eastwood in uh, oh, Casper yeah. the Friendly yeah. Ghost. That's very good. Uh, okay. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of beds, <laughs> oh, now if you were making a bed, would you want goose feathers or duck feathers? Oh, it, is this for me or for Richard? No. What do you think? Is it as, as, as a as a Everybody person? Here. Um, wow. I mean, goose feathers are larger, I would assume. So right. Better? Because uh-huh. I just saw a duck. I just saw a duck yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's oh, a true that's story. Cool. Um, and I really liked the duck. I'm going to say that I really enjoyed it. If you give, if you actually give money to our Patreon, oh yeah, you can oh, hear Land's full story of the <laughs> duck that he met. So please sign up at any, at any level. You can hear Land's full story. Of the duck yeah. that he met yesterday. Sign up for that at I want to be a Patreon of worst scene, best scene. Dot uh, Patreon.com. Did I feed the duck? Did I not feed the duck? There's only one way to find out, folks. It's to give money to our Patreon. We really value I fed the Patreon. duck. Son of a bitch. I, like, don't, I fed don't, the duck. I edit that no, shit out. Yeah, cut <laughs> the whole thing. Cut the whole thing. I wound up feeding God the duck. damn it. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> okay. So we're here to talk about another movie. The second film of today's podcast is Repossess, mm. a Leslie Nielsen vehicle. All right. Uh, probably yeah. the, we might call it the, an early attempt at a scary movie. Or as one commentator sure. I saw online said, Repossess makes scary movie look like young Frankenstein. Ooh. Which is a, Damn. Ooh. <laughs> is a really... A really solid burn on Repossess and an accurate one. Uh, Repossess is essentially an unofficial satirical sequel to The Exorcist. It stars, as we already know, Leslie Nielsen as well as Ned Beatty. Oscar nominee or Oscar nominee or winner? Oscar, Oscar nominee. Nominee. He has not won. Oscar nominee Ned Beatty, and then coming back to the role that she made famous 
and got Oscar and nominated for. And got Oscar nominated for. Thank you for talking a lot about the Oscars. Is Linda Blair is our other star. Here we are. So we came out in 1991, so it is 18 years later. Right. Which is and when you has usually a do a follow-up is at the 18-year mark. <laughs> That's right. That's the normal time to do that. So she is now an adult. She has a family. And uh, she has been, as the title of the movie would indicate, repossessed. Possessed. Possessed. Repossessed. Yes. So there's no reason to talk about the plot of this movie. It's essentially a mirror of the plot of The Exorcist in a lot of ways. But let me tell you what passes for a joke and repossess. Uh-oh. Uh, Leslie... please, please don't be the one that I picked as the best scene. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Nelson's character is a priest and his last name is May I. Mm. Oh boy. So characters often refer to him as Father May I. Oh boy. And then he'll say, yes, you may. Good day to you. I am Father May I. And I would like to welcome you to the seminar. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's comedy, that's, according to Repossess. That's way better than uh, Don't Call Me Shirley. If that if if that has you falling out of your seat with laughter, run right now and watch Repossess. If it doesn't, the movie does not get any better than that. Yep. Uh, it also has a ton of PMS jokes. Oh, yeah. Linda Blair's son is constantly saying that his mom is probably PMSing yep. while she's possessed. Let's hear some of those quotes right now. 20 bucks says it's PMS. Yep, definitely PMS. It's an easy out. It's She's uh, PMSing. Stupid. It's my mom PMSing. She's probably PMSing. Mm-hmm. And everybody gives themselves a look because women, right? And so then... Oh, women. This movie also loves pea soup jokes. Well, you've got to, though. You've got to make oh, pea I mean, soup jokes. There's a lot of vomiting. They get to it way quicker than the exorcist. They do. I guess it was like it was like forty something minutes in. That's this what was everybody's like five waiting for. Five motherfucking minutes in. <laughs> and mostly, I just thought it was stupid, but it actually led to one of the only times I mildly chuckled in this movie. But I'll talk about that later because it's not time for me to oh. choose my best scene. <laughs> um, the funniest thing to me about this movie is not in the movie. It's that Ned Beatty, in real life, uh-huh. attended Transylvania University, which is which is very spooky. But it's not in Transylvania. <laughs> And he literally attended Transylvania University, go to his page at Wikipedia, and wow. look up Ned Beatty. That's the school he went to. It's in Kentucky. I was going to say, it's a, yeah, okay. I was deeply disappointed that I'm visiting their website. That's just a normal goddamn college with normal goddamn college slogans like, this is it, the college experience you've been dreaming about. Oh. That's just Nothing like, says. like, you'll go batty for our classes. <laughs> See, fuck! That's what I wanted. I wanted that so badly. They did not have it. And said, they're also the, the mascot for Transylvania University in Kentucky. It's the Pioneers. Oh, boy. What the fuck is that? Transylvania Vampire Bats, that's super easy. Yeah. That it's intimidating. That's really good. Or the Transylvania Draculas, where, like, the football helmets have, like, the widow's peak. They are at transy.edu. Check it out. Interesting. You will not see a single fucking skeleton. There's not any wolf men. What about bloods? There's, like no, blood there's no bloods. Or bloods. There's nothing. And it's fucking October right now. They didn't have that shit up. Every college should have some goddamn Halloween decorations on their website. But not even not even Transylvania University. Wow. They should have like in Kentucky. Have this. Just rename yourself. Don't call yourself like, Transylvania unless you're going to embrace that shit. Like, you know how in, in December all the good websites have the snowfall on the oh, website? All the best websites. Amazon, yep. for example. They should have, like, the, the bat fall. Like, like bats. They should have bats. Oh. Or bloods. 
But there's very few things in life that have made me as angry as visiting <laughs> transy.edu and seeing that they didn't have anything that references the obvious fact that they're fucking Transylvania yeah. University. It's like if you're university was called dracula college you yeah. would acknowledge that in some yeah. fucking way you wouldn't pretend like we're not dracula college it's just a good time it's not even that's the... not you would refer you would find some way to tie that in that's a good brand yeah that's good branding for your college if you're dracula college you fucking talk about goddamn dracula you don't pretend like this name is just random it has nothing to do with it right even even frankenstein was like still Acknowledging and distancing, I don't know. Exactly. So it really bothers me. So that's... Wow. So Ned Beatty... The, Wait, so you're telling me that also, in addition to Transylvania College, Dracula College doesn't even acknowledge it? <laughs> Dracula College does not even acknowledge what the, it at all. Like, what, what country do we even live in anymore, right. you guys? For, th this is your biggest problem with this movie? No, or, no this is a that's side. That's the best this part is, of this movie. No, this is your <laughs> biggest problem with America, well, Yeah. Okay. Pal? But the best part of the movie, which is not in the movie, so it can't be my best scene, <laughs> is that Ned Beatty, which is spooky, went to Transylvania... Mm -hmm. University for his college education. Ned Beatty here playing Jim Baker, essentially. Ned Beatty is playing Jim Baker, and we'll talk more about that. For me, I mean, we'll t you guys may talk more about it too, but I'll talk more about that when it comes back to me. But now my introduction time has come to a close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we will pass it on to George to tell us his favorite scene, the best scene even, in this movie. Yeah, great. Uh, fantastic. I will first share some history with this film. Um, I live next to... I. I lived in an apartment building next to a video store. It was called Video 808. It was uh, on Colorado Boulevard in Eagle Rock, California. And I would go to the video store several times a week, get VHS tapes. It was great. Um, sometimes they would give us posters when they were done with like the, the, the new release. Like I had the Silent Night, Deadly Night 3 poster on my wall for the longest time. Sometimes you get something good like Pump of the Volume. Yeah, what I had on my wall for a long time, Iron Eagle. Yeah, well, which one? Which Iron Eagle? One? One. Ooh, that's the good one. That's the good one. Two is disturbing, and then three had, like, the fucking uh, County Fair Plains. <laughs> Aces, Iron Eagle 3. But also had a video game. Sorry, we'll get to that when we do our Iron Eagle special, ones is, through three. Uh, is Iron Eagle a helicopter? No, 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 that's uh, Airwolf and Blue Thunder. That's Blue <laughs> yeah. Thunder. What's an Iron Eagle? It's a bunch of. It's basically Goonies. No, oh, it's like that... Goonies where they steal a, their their dad is like in um, some like Saudi Arabia or so like Red Dawn sort of. It's like Red Dawn meets okay. Goonies. Yeah, yeah. Okay. meets the film Ruskies. Oh, right Ruskies! Wow, yeah. here we go. So it's basically Ruskies with fighter jets. Okay, okay, thank you. Uh, oh, go ahead. Is, is Ruskies right? anyway? <laughs> oh, forget it. Please <laughs> continue. Um, no, it's whatever. Um, we can do this all night. Uh, for those of you who are listening to it in the morning, all morning. Um, and in the afternoon? No, we're not doing afternoons. You're right. Uh, not this the yeah. Bad Just idea. Take a nap. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but when this came out, I was really excited. I was, uh, it's The Exorcist, and it's a parody, and it's Leslie Nielsen. He, he had just done Naked Gun, which... Was great. I had seen the Police Squad shows uh, on Laserdisc. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Police Squad, one of the funniest TV shows of all time. Airplane, one of the funniest films of all time. Naked Gun was great. I think the first date I ever went on, we went to see Naked Gun, you know, three rows in front of my mom and my two brothers. 
so that wasn't awkward. Because um, you know, if you're gonna, <laughs> you know, you're you're uh, in fifth grade. You want to make out while watching Leslie Nielsen goof around with, uh, you know, was wife the... murderer O.J. Simpson on I'm screen. Sorry, was that the plan there? He... It was like <laughs> that's what you do in a date. You it's like, oh, Leslie Nielsen. Like you're in a movie, you make it. I remember when my high school work and I made out at Heat. Yeah. We worked in heat. <laughs> yeah. It was a crowded theater, too. People did not like that. Ooh, that's a long movie, too, right? Yeah, it's a good opportunity. Uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, really, like, set up a... Did you say something like, you want to turn up the heat? And then... And then, uh, then you did... You, I didn't say it at the time, but in my biography, oh. that's exactly <laughs> if you, what If I you said. had a boombox, you could have played that song from Die Hard uh, when Argyle was, like, talking to his uh, girlfriend while people were getting shot in the background. Turn up the heat. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Sorry, what? <laughs> just don't worry, land. You don't okay. have to worry about it. It's, it's not. Just, yeah, it's not. You're coming out of the end. You'll be here to edit it. You don't. You don't. Um, <laughs> this also might not. Do you edit this? Yeah. Oh, we actually. Yeah, oh, that's Wait, okay. How do you think? We, how do you think it? Yeah, if there's a point where you, you like it's such a high quality production. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. If you ever rant on about something, you're just like, okay, what? I I don't want to. I'll, I'll check. I'll have to check this out. Yeah, he um, should listen to an episode of Worst Seen sometime. It's really good. No, he likes our show. <laughs> I know he does. He's listened to several episodes. That's why he's here. Yeah, of course I have. He's our new, he's All right. our new official second co-host. <laughs> All right. Third co-host. I mean, second co-host because we're both hosts. We're not really co-hosts. That's true. And away we go. So, but I, but, so. <laughs> Thank you. But I was really, really, really excited about this movie. Um, I, it came out on videotape and I think I rented it the first week it was out. I was I was just so excited. I was like, oh man, yeah, it's just gonna be good. It's gonna be good. And it was not good. It was not good <laughs> very quickly, it was not good. And I was trying to convince myself. It was one of those things where it's like what a lot of people did with Purple Cloak, where it's like, This is alright, this is gonna be an alright movie. And when it's over, like, no, it was good, right? It was like Darth Vader as a little kid, he had a purple cloak. This is pretty good. You know Purple Cloak correctly. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> What's Purple Cloak? Star Wars prequel one, Purple Cloak. They call it Purple Cloak. There's a whole it's mythology purple. here on the on the podcast around that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Purple Cloak. <laughs> totally. Uh, totally. But, it, but, it, but it's it's the thing where I was convincing myself that it was good, and it's not good. Um, like it's not even like RoboCop too good. It's just bad. Uh, and it's also the the first I think maybe wrong step for Leslie Nielsen, like he did okay. Naked Gun was good. Naked Gun two and a half was fine. But Funny then, title though. Yeah, I mean Naked Gun thirty three and a third is really a great title. Not a good movie, but yeah. better than this. This Where, doesn't yeah. come sniffing distance within. Naked Gun 33. Where does this come in the in the timeline? So Naked Gun had come out a year before this. Wow. Had yeah, Naked like a Gun year and a half. And a... No, and then Naked Gun 2 was a year after this. So oh. now Leslie Nelson was like this white is, hot. This is between 1 yeah. and 2? Damn. Yeah. 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 Hold on. Could I get one more fact from you? Sure. When, I, I recently tried to watch uh, Dracula Dead and Loving oof, It. Oof, when, yeah. <laughs> when, oof. When did that come out? That was after two and maybe right before three. Ooh, perfect. Thank you. And okay. then after that was Spy Hard, which is only good because Weird Al does the Shirley Bassey, James Bond-esque opening credits. Well, Spy Hard was a, a success at least, right? Or, so was Dracula. Dracula was directed by fucking Mel Brooks. 
Dracula Dead and Yeah, Morning. that's a that's Yeah, a Mel that was song. like Mel Brooks like Oh hey, you know, I'm sure it's a good movie. I just no, wasn't in the right no, no, I was, I was no, not no, around to say that. I wasn't in the right mood to watch it and I'm gonna watch it someday. No, it's I mean there are <laughs> things there are things that are good. I think it does it does take some wind out of the sails of the Francis Ford Coppola Dracula film, which was really overly praised, I think. I think it's a beautiful film, but it's a beautiful film, but was it overly praised? I didn't think that was considered that good. No, but it was it's like oh, that was still over the I mean, it, but it's it's gorgeous though. It's a gorgeous. It's a gorgeous film. It's not a good film. Countess, I love Keanu Reeves, but damn. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, I had to reconcile that this was like a misstep, big misstep. And like Ned Beatty, he's great. Oh, Ned Beatty's so good. However, Ned Beatty is kind of like the modern era George Kennedy. Like, will be in any movie to keep working, and and Ned Beatty is one of the hardest working. Um, you know, Ned Beatty's first film, was, uh, two weeks ago we did um, uh, the great uh, Burt Reynolds. Yeah. yeah. Ned Beatty's first film was Deliverance. That is his uh, stage, no, cinematic debut. Are you going to sneeze? <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's do, funny. Do, do it to the microphone. Yeah, do that straight in the mic. Hey, I'm a uh, professional. <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, to, quote, uh, to quote Steve Harvey on The Family Feud, I appreciate you. <laughs> Um, you gave me Bud Light. This is the... the you bu- gave yourself Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> you did this to me. <laughs> oh, okay. My brother, after I made him a vodka cranberry, like, you poisoned me. Because <laughs> it was three parts vodka, one part cranberry. That's a good vodka. That's what you do. If, right. if, if you're not paying for the vodka, and like it's just there, that's what you do. Anyway. Yeah. Wait, who was paying for the vodka? No, some rich asshole. But anyway, so the movie's not great, but it starts stronger than it finishes. Uh, there are some okay gags, I think, in the first half. Um, are they? Well, there's okay. <laughs> okay, I'm saying okay. I'm not saying yeah. great. I'm saying okay. I'm Let's with you. quantify. Yeah, yeah, great, great. I'm Tell us about you. it. Tell us qualify. about it. Uh, um, there's uh, the kid, the son, there's this line. He says, Dad, Mom's humping the priest. Dad! Okay. Some you could say that's okay. I guess. It's okay. Sure. Why not? Um, it's not a scene. But as we were speaking about Purple Cloak, um, there are some terrible jokes that are based on Star Wars in this film. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You could do it. You're young. You're strong. Luke, it is your destiny. There's no way. You see, there's something that I haven't told you. I think I've lost my faith. Luke. I never want to hear you say anything like that again. I don't want to... And it made me... Actually, that made me question whether Mark Hamill was originally slated to play oh, that role. Because there's a ton of Luke... Yeah. There's a ton of yeah. Luke jokes. So, well, if we can't get Mark Hamill, let's get the guy from Return of the Killer Tomatoes and James Bond License but to I Kill. But I, <laughs> um, I looked this up. I actually spent the time, and there was no information about this movie. I'm like, who would write about this? But I imagine they tried to cast Mark Hamill, mm-hmm. and then they would be like, then that joke's fucking funny. Call Mark Hamill Luke. That's hilarious. Like, it's look, really good. You've got Leslie Nielsen, who was in the top comedy of the year before. And then it's like, it's Linda Blair. It's a coup, even though before yeah. that she'd been doing, like, you know, shitty, like, female prison movies. Yeah, not, LA Vigilante. Just not like, at the level of a male prison movie, for example. So here's the thing that happened with Linda Blair is that... Um, the rumor is that it was at the funeral, the, the, the Leonard Skinner funeral, that she was arrested by a narc for trying to buy drugs. 
And then she was branded as a bad kid and blacklisted, and that's why she only did B-movies after that point. Which would make sense, because she did Exorcist, and then Exorcist 2. She's a good actor, too. Yeah. And then after that, she gets busted, and it's like, oh, it's another young kid who's a drug fuck-up. And then she's just doing sleaze bag, like sleazy, sleazy you know, grade Z movies in L.A. Um, so, and also, like, maybe possibly doing cocaine while dating Rick James. Because, uh, is it Cold-Blooded that's about her? One of Rick James' biggest songs is about Linda Blair, because they had a relationship. Let's play it here. So, you know, um, a promising movie. career derailed. So, I, actually, one thing I would like to say, I almost picked this, is Linda Blair's performance in Repossessed. Uh, it's not my pick, but I like that as cruel as The Exorcist was, this is a, at least a little bit where she gets to be the victor, a little bit more uh, like the aggressor. And 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 also it helps that she's an adult at this point, so yeah. it's a little less creepy. Um, but yeah, boy, I'm really talking a lot. Uh, so we talked about the uh, the Star Wars stuff. I've got time codes on those. Um, let me get back to it. Uh, oh, before I get to my pick, I'd like to point out the thing that I maybe hated the most. Yeah. And that would be the song parodies. Oh, <laughs> and I've, I've hated these since 1991 when I first saw this film. I, I literally saw this film in 1991 <laughs> on videotape from Video 808. Uh, rest in peace. Um... So let's go through these one by one. Let's start. Well, here's a little bit of the music from the opening credits. Okay, great. There is an amazingly, um, I think, it, even for 1991, fairly tone deaf rap. Black gag. Oh boy. I'm gonna tell you all about a mother who's fly. I'm talking about my homeboy, Father May I. He cast out the devil and he didn't even yell. And now the fool is cooling in a place called hell. All the Catholics in the house say, Ho! Oh! Fuck this. And then Leslie Nielsen is doing a workout montage in a pink aerobics outfit, which is a very lazy gay joke. But I would like to say, I would absolutely wear that entire outfit. I think it's fucking like uh, amazing. I think it's an amazing outfit, and Leslie Nielsen looks good. I, I think I'd look better. But <laughs> so for that sequence, there's a fucking version of Pump Up the Jam called Pump Up the Jam. Pump up the jam, pump it up while your feet are thumping. And the jam is pumping. Look here, the crowd is jumping. Yeah, this uh, this movie won some awards for being bad at music. Yeah. However, at this uh, pump of the jam sequence, uh, a thing that I almost picked was the paper boy who's also on an exercise book. <laughs> that, that's on my list, too. <laughs> I laughed. I actually laughed. I was like, ha that's adorable. Then he throws the paper. Like, ah, less, less adorable. But, but I thought that was good. That's some of this movie touches it like some Eric Andre yeah, style weird. There are occasionally it touches yes, it like weird alt comedy. The first half there are some maybe some of the visual stuff, not the writing, but some of the visual stuff. I Man, I know it's all part of the writing. Blah blah whatever. Uh, let's keep going. All right, so this is the one. This is the one for what? It's eighteen years? No, no. 
91. That's, oh my God. <laughs> almost like, 30 years? <laughs> it is almost 30 years ago. Holy shit. And we're old. So for almost 30 years, this one has burned my ass. Uh, no pun intended. Um, so instead of the EXS song, Devil Inside, it's called here, uh, Chasing the Devil. <laughs> And it's literally when they are chasing each other. Great. Um, but yeah, that one, even when I saw it as a kid, I thought that was horrible. There's a parody of I Have the Tiger. And of course, Devil with a Blue Dress. How can that not make an appearance? Finally, the end credit song. I was a man of my business when the devil walked in on me. He oh, no. waving his hand said, Come on, just follow me. <laughs> so I, I looked him in the eyes and I showed him to the door. Oh, oh, no. And I told him to get lost because I've been there once before. Don't which is again another in a long line of end credit songs like Dragnet or even the, the movie that we made. Um, you know, it's kind of the bad song that sums up all the plot points and it's, there's something that's, uh, it's like the new Great American Songbook. So, yeah. Also, there's some references that were dated in 91, like that now, if someone was to, somehow, if someone in 2018 who wasn't us uh, stumbled on this movie. Yeah. Like me. What would they think of like the Bonanza <laughs> reference? Do you know what Bonanza is? Like anyway, it's like one of the longest running what shows. What would they think of goddamn Chappaquiddick references? Right. <laughs> well, wait, there was that Chappaquiddick movie that just came out, uh, made by people who were, you know, born twenty years ago. Sorry, we'll cut that out. In retrospect, I kind of I appreciate that this movie had so many uh stale references. They were not going for evergreen whatsoever. I remember no. I wrote down something, uh, well, when they go to the Ouija board, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, Ouija board? How do you say that? Uh, they say, yeah. will, will Ted Kennedy ever become president? And then there's like a long, drawn out, like many of the jokes, very slow, long, drawn out shot of the uh, Ouija board being thrown around or something. I don't know. I fell asleep during And then a car going into an aquarium. Yeah, oh, we all saw that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we did. I was not asleep at that point. <laughs> it's like, Ted Kennedy, right? This was like 13 years ago. I, I just made a day. note of that. Like, this movie does not give a fuck about ever <laughs> yeah. staying evergreen. They got Ollie North. They got some Ollie North jokes. Ollie North <laughs> joke. Yeah, boy. Um, so I actually, this kind of ties in, speaking of Evergreen, um, 
this one amazing cameos in this like Wally George, which is a very yeah, bizarre like unless bizarre. he lived in L.A. I mean, did you know who Wally George was? In, <laughs> yeah, too, he's, that he's, is. he's Rebecca De Mornay's dad who had a public access show on KDOC in Orange County. Rebecca De Mornay. Well, hey, sorry. Oh, boy. So I said yeah. public access, and I went right, to right. say... Uh, what was like the poor man's like, bikini yeah. patrol or whatever it was? Repossessed level joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I just saw this today, so yeah. it's still fresh. <laughs> I watched this hours after watching The Exorcist, and I really got <laughs> the double feature. Oh, good. Um, yeah, I couldn't do them both. Let's see, who else was in this? Like, uh, Body by Jake is in this, as well as... Body by Jake? Yeah. As wow. well as uh, Rowdy Reddy Piper. No. He's in the elevator. Is he? He is. He's, uh... Fuck! He is, uh, <laughs> getting off. Oh, man. I missed that. Like, I saw, like, I was so focused on, like, Jack LaLanne and, like, yeah, Army they, Archer. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but then, like, okay. Piper's in the elevator. God damn it. And it's because that, that makes sense because Mean Gene Oakland is in this, yeah. as well as Jesse the Body Ventura. So this is... I almost picked this scene. This is Jesse the Body and Mean Gene talking about steroids because, like, all of a sudden, Dab, uh, Dabney Coleman... Uh, Leslie Nielsen, <laughs> Jesus, uh, Freudian slip right there, folks. Um, so this is, the, I almost picked this. Who needs steroids? Steroids aren't used in wrestling anymore. Or any less. The reason I didn't pick that is that immediately, it's immediately followed by this, maybe my least favorite joke. And it's the Hans and Franz joke. Oh, oh like, why wow. is there a Hans and Franz joke in this movie? Why? And we are here to pump. You are. You're nothing but a little girly devil. That's what? like, yeah. I mean, look, okay, look, look. There's thirty, like thirty-five minutes in the movie. They recap the first thirty-five minutes in a montage. Now that's lazy, but kind of ballsy. The Hans and Franz. That's just fucking lazy. That's like, very lazy. Like, oh, I saw this last night. I'm gonna write it down. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I've totally fucked up the whole steroids thing for me. Um, <laughs> I actually, one of the things I also almost picked was when uh, the Tammy Faye Baker character needs to swap out her pet for another pet that matches her outfit. She's got like a whole wardrobe full of pets on hangers. Uh, yeah. That's not a bad gag. It's not a great gag. That's well, not a bad gag. I had, I had a problem with the animal cruelty in this film. Oh, and that's, God that's an it. example of that. God damn we'll it. get to that in my section. In due time. <laughs> well, so uh, I picked, uh, this probably is not a surprise to some of the people in the audience who know me, right after the opening credits, there is a shot of a college. And the title card reads, Stock Footage, University of California at Chicago. And then below that, another title appears. It says, 17 years later. I like that a lot. <laughs> I like that a whole lot. Wait, can um, I hear that again? I missed yeah. that. There were, so there, it's, there it's, were a lot of jokes I missed yeah. in this film yeah. because, you know, your brain turns so is, on and off throughout This is five, it. maybe maybe not even five minutes into it. It's, okay, uh, it's okay. Like a, it's like a, you know, stock footage of a, of a like a footage of like overview of a college, you know. Mm -hmm. And so the title card reads, stock footage of University of California at Chicago. And then another title below says, 17 years later. I still don't get that. That's so. I think if you watch it in context, so um, subtle. There are a lot of subtle was, jokes. And this just, was like, the most to look for. like most bizarre and clunky, and it's just like <laughs> I get this. That that's the that's the one joke in this movie that I would have um, been fine to write. 
<laughs> I would have been trying to take take uh, to, to actually claim as Perfect. my name. All right, I'm gonna have to talk to you after the podcast so I can fully understand. Yeah, we should re-rent this, this and joke? watch it, Richard. No, no, I get it. University of California at Chicago. It's but yeah, but it's also just like that. It, that it shows <laughs> no, no, no. But it shows that it's calling out that it's stock footage and it's this. Yeah, and yeah. This, it's, no, there's a lot like, of the, weird. It's weird. Like, there's a lot right, of weird. Right after of... the credits, there's like. 30 seconds of good jokes and then it's like oh fuck and then it's like the stuff where like <laughs> can you pull your dress down and like all that shit oh my god that was oh, that's, that's, is, that, is that where you start tuning in when the bad jokes start the meta no, the meta the... like non-funny jokes no that's <laughs> when that's I don't know alright man lay it out for us whew actually I have a lot of strong opinions on this I was not expecting mm-hmm. um to write down so many notes. I thought that the extra portion of this is going to be like 15 minutes. This is going to be like a full hour talking about Repossess. Yeah. First of all, As yeah. There's enough people to talk about The Exorcist. We no one's talking about, about Repossess. No, they aren't. Exactly. I, the whole time I was watching The Exorcist, I was like, who cares about my take on this? But uh, first of all, this movie starts out with a bang, which is a joke on... Um, X, it's BFD sound systems, which is oh a, yeah, yeah, Jesus oh, yeah. Christ, a, a kind of a it's like a fucking Dolby joke, a parody on THX. THC or THX, sorry, yeah, THC. Um, uh, and I was, you know what? As soon as that happened, I was like, I'm on board. This is my kind of humor. <laughs> it's not, it's, it wasn't. It was like certainly. I was like, oh fuck this, and I was like, no. After watching it, like, no, that's no, okay. No, this this whole movie is my style of humor, which is bad jokes over and over again. <laughs> uh, there's the phrase, uh, the jokes come hard and fast. You've heard of that. In this, the jokes come soft and slow, but also fast, fast. in a way. Like, yeah. if if you do tune out for, a, like, a minute, like you will, uh, you'll miss a few jokes because they try to they try to push a lot of jokes at you, which I, I like. Uh, in general, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm like developing a lot of really bad euphemisms, and I'm just not gonna say any of them. All right, fine. But yeah, and it starts off. I, I want I want to remind you. Um, this is the part where Land walks us through scene by scene. Yeah, remind us. I do have a scene by scene. It's only eighty four minutes long. <laughs> it, it felt so much longer. Than it's that. it's it picks up where The Exorcist leaves off, basically. Except (laughs) (laughs) Leslie uh, Leslie Nielsen uh, falls down some stairs, some carpeted stairs, for a while. Uh For a while. It didn't go long enough, though. Oh, would you like it to go longer? If he'd gone just a couple of falls longer, that's a hilarious joke. (laughs) Like in a Hot Rod. Hot Rod, yes. Yeah, the movie, the editing doesn't quite get timing right throughout the whole thing, but I enjoy that. I love the rawness of it. I I think it's a great comedy movie. But that being said... No, this is great. (laughs) No, this is great. No, that that being said, uh, I I immediately wrote down, worst scene question mark right before the credits happened when he fell down uh, Uh the stairs and he basically made a a face and he was like, ooh. Do you, do you remember this? <laughs> yeah, I do. You're choosing your best thing, though. What, what am I doing? We're, no, no, no. And then I was like, maybe that's... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I was like, maybe that's the best scene, because I really la- I laughed a lot, because it was so bad. Oh. Um, it was it was difficult. This is great. 
I'd also like to point out that this film has an original theme song, which was recorded for it. Yeah, re 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 repossessed. The, yeah, repossessed. Re 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 repossessed. If I may make fun of your stutter, which mm -hmm. you've had since you were a child. <laughs> <laughs> this song makes an appearance every now and then. Basically, if the movie's kind of like slowing down, which happens a lot, right? And they need to pep it up. Here or, comes that repossessed thing. Or if song. you're not watching it and you just kind of doze off and it's just, just a part of your psyche you now. Yeah. Another tactic similar to that that the film uses is titties, which is uh, a this stable... Is, this film is PG-13, by the way. No. Yep. Okay. That's yeah. iron. That's the pre-millennium. But it was, it was sort of... A Thanks, Obama. It was a, a staple of the films at the time. Yeah. Where you just, you know, you show some titties. There were some titties very uh, early, early on. The friend. pull your dress down sequence. Yeah. Oh, yeah, pull your dress down. Okay. Anyway, this... <laughs> Poltergeist is a slow-moving film. I mean, it's like... Exorcist. It's, uh, what? Exorcist? Okay. <laughs> Exorcist. It's, Poltergeist, too, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. slow-moving films. It's a good point. These are all mood-setting films that they move are, slowly... If you write down what happens in the movie, not a lot happens. It's like uh, a girl gets um, uh, possessed. Mm -hmm. Some priests are found. Yep. They exercise. And that goes on for a while. Most of it is just scenes of that. Oh, sorry. I just yeah, got like go Leslie Nielsen is, is uh, working at his... He's exercising before he exercises. Oh, I just yes. got that too. <laughs> That's just how brilliant this comedy is. Are we running out of time? No, I just... Okay. I just noticed this is kind now, Richard of... has this huge hourglass that he keeps turning over. A lot of the time when I'm trying to... Uh, I'm just checking the battery because I've been talking for a while. I'm not like... Yeah. Oh, we've talked too much. This uh, show should only be the trying to, The hourglass of time. I'm not meaning it to distract you. I'm trying to make a human connection with you while, there's, you while I'm wonder... being recorded, while I'm looking at a note card. How and if you... many grains of sand do we have left in our lives? <laughs> I just... Merely checking how long you have to live <laughs> to make sure that it continues on before the yeah. podcast ends. Will Ted Kennedy ever become president? Yep. So uh, yeah, uh, we proved that was yes. So the film, the film is filled with rapid fire, slow paced jokes. <laughs> <laughs> that is a review. That's... If you're. Uh, yeah, it, it lulls you into an odd state of, um, uh, it's like a meditation almost. Yeah. Uh, just kind of like, I missed some of it because my brain just kept shutting down. Yeah, it's it, like, well, okay. I'm like, I'm used to the entertainment of the times and I just can't, you know, keep up. Yeah. Anyway, okay, I would do what <laughs> I'm, I'm writing down some of, it was hard to pick. Am I doing worse scene first? Yeah, you can yeah, do whatever you want. Yeah. Go, I'm gonna do worst scene. I'm gonna yeah. do worst scene, best scene, as is okay. the title of the show. I wrote <laughs> a window blind uh, shadow gag. Uh -huh. Do you remember when, for some reason, Leslie Nelson was um, doing like a Luke Skywalker bit? Yeah. And he's talking to the other guy, whoever that was, and he's he has a shadow of window blinds on him, and then he he yeah, I like. Yeah. Then he moves, and it's like a paint. But it's painted it's on like a... his face and his clothes. Yeah, I almost picked. <laughs> a lot of these, I can't it's tell. So if... close to being anti-comedy, it's really. No, I like really liked that, and that really stuck with me. So I'm like, it's either best or worst. Right. 
Um, it wasn't funny. I definitely didn't laugh or anything. There were many... <laughs> this movie suffers from what I call um, Three Stooges Syndrome, which mm. is not what you think it would be. Oh. It's um, Three Stooges Syndrome is whenever I watch some really, really old comedy, there's these bizarre long stretches of silence that you're not used to. And then maybe like a jarring sound like the Three Stooges theme song. is like... <laughs> and it's like, ah, wise guy, ah! And then it's just like... <laughs> I don't see the problem with any of this. <laughs> and this film has a lot of that, which that's what Three Stooges Syndrome is to me. Which I enjoy, I appreciate it, but I don't... I don't get it. I, I, my, worst, my worst scene is just animal cruelty. They just... Ki- they... They kill the dog, uh, Fufu, throw it into a a wood chipper, and then all the construction workers say, Bye, Fufu! As if, for some reason, there's this one bizarre scene. Yeah, you know, there's... Do you remember this? People said, like, Hi, Fufu. It was was almost like a Rocky Horror Picture Show thing where there's an audience you don't see who are... Oh, it's the fucking audience from when they're doing the live telethon shit. I was okay. But yeah, it's yeah. like there for their entire life. I, that's not connected. That's not a connected joke. It's not. Yeah, it that's not good. Sense. The the makers of this are really expecting you to pay way more attention right. to it than they're uh, kind of allowing you to. I don't know if you can hear it. We are not. <laughs> there's not actual farts. Uh, I am sitting on a leather couch. Yeah. That's right, folks. I own Freaking, a leather couch. I yeah. grew up in a trailer, yeah. but I own a leather it's couch. A, uh, it is a uh, classic humble brag. That is. And, uh, did I say best scene? No, oh. no, you have not said that yet. That's the whole point. Did I say worst scene? What's best the best scene? scene? What did I say best scene? Did I start with best scene? How no, you, you did the worst scene. scene. So now, no, you said best scene. No, no, you said worst you scene. You said worst scene. Okay. That was best scene. This is not. Oh, actually, the thing I laughed the hardest at <laughs> was, there was like a courtroom scene, and they said, gave me a little head. And they pulled, uh, they pulled out a tiny shrunken head of, of Leslie, Leslie Nielsen, Nielsen. Uh, and I straight up lost my shit. Wow. I, I lost wow. it because of how weird that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, that's my best scene. What was your best scene, George? Remind me of your best scene. Uh, my best scene was um, the, that opening, uh, that, that uh, stock footage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay, so now it's my turn. Holy we shit. Come, we come full circle. It's back to me. I can't, I obviously can't uh, do anything better than what oh you just said. Oh my god. Fairland. Uh, we've already talked a lot about, we've already heard a lot about Repossess. More than anyone's maybe talked about. I think this is more than anyone's ever talked about Repossess. We should, we should send this to the baby and see yeah. if. Uh, Linda Blair. Blair. Linda Blair is always welcome on the podcast. Listen, also. someone's Googling for themselves, yeah. so they'll hear it. You don't yeah, have to send it. Yeah, they'll, they'll find it themselves. But actually, we know how you actors are. Before we get any weirder, uh, Linda Blair is an amazing actor. Oh, she yeah, is. I really she's do think that, that she is unimpeachable in this film. Like She oh, does she's a great, great job. She's great. She's, and she does a good job delivering lines that yeah. don't deserve being delivered. Nope. She's a trooper. Um, another person who's done a great job of every lines is Ned Beatty. Oh boy, uh, his he and his he was in this horrible movie called Superman this one time. Oh yeah, he was. He was. He and uh, his Tammy Faye Baker wife are really great parts of the film, which I'll return to in a second. But this uh, it's not a movie I laughed at. 
Uh, at any point. What did you laugh with? I did not laugh at or with this movie at all. I did uh, go, huh, a couple times. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, occasionally, but I never really laughed in surprise. Uh, some, some things that I did go, huh, a couple times. <laughs> I don't need to be grossed out. I'm not someone who enjoys a pea soup vomit going uh-huh. on people's faces. Uh-huh. <laughs> but there is a moment uh, in when it becomes time to exercise, uh, Linda Blair, that Lindsay Nielsen's character uh, preempts her vomiting on him by vomiting on her. Mm. Oh, right, right. And I went, mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to that. Sure. It's like, uh-huh. <laughs> That's a good uh, subversion of the uh, the genre. Well, well, so <laughs> okay. you know when when Jason Miller gets hit with the vomit, that was uh, it was supposed to hit his chest, and they had not hit, the spigot was at the wrong spot, and that was the one. It was a one take shot where it's in the face. And so it was a real reaction. A priest preparing so, to vomit. It's, it's fair. That's a, the like, vomit uh, on a demon. That's a that's I a said, that's <laughs> a that's a quid pro quo Clarice. And it's like good job, guys. You did it. You got Lindsay Nelson to. Put some stuff in his mouth and like vomit it up. That's really good. Good for you. It's not not a good scene. It's not the best scene, certainly. Not the worst scene. Well, no, it's not the worst scene. <laughs> uh, the worst. So we talked about this earlier, but the movie has some uh, mildly topical jokes. They're topical uh, to just the ha- the past, right? Just like topical to yeah, that the... they, they happened in the past. There's the Oliver North yep. uh, going to a restaurant joke. Uh, but see, that's, some, that's some liberal Hollywood shit, and then you've got the you've got the jokes about uh, Ted Kennedy. That's some uh-huh. uh, conservative Hollywood shit, from, and from a long time ago. It's yeah, that Chappaquiddick was in the seventies, and they're making jokes about it now. Why are you making Chappaquiddick jokes right now? I don't Ted understand Kennedy what's in the news. I don't know yeah. why this is happening. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, just forget everything I've said uh, throughout this entire podcast. Erase your memory. Let's focus on the now. Another, another the now great, is what's uh, important. Another great topical joke was they were talking about neosporin. <laughs> that's a topic of cream. Oh, good sorry. Oh, okay. uh, okay, you got it. it. You got it, Lance. Ah, see, so I devolved to the level of my some of the writing. scene <laughs> in this movie Uh-oh. is Ned Beatty and Tammy Faye Baker uh-huh. oh, yeah. when they are initially doing their exorcism. Mm-hmm. Before it mm-hmm. goes into a montage, Ned Beatty's performance as a televangelist Just going for it. is incredible. Yeah. I would watch a movie... That is just Ned Beatty being a televangelist who does exorcism. Uh-huh. If he was, uh-huh. if that was just, they were the exorcists. Uh-huh. And we left out the whole attempt to make it about Catholic exorcism and we just made the exorcist be a televangelist. Yeah. I would have yeah. loved it. I, I like that notion and I love Tammy Faye Baker, uh, who's so fucking weird. Right. When she goes into her stupid song at the end of this scene. And it's just, she does, she does a great job and Ned Beatty does a great job. That's the best scene is Ned Beatty. From an exorcism, I would have actually liked for them to spend a little more time yeah. with them before they went into a montage and ended it. It was the Chasing the Devil montage. Yes, um, that was the Chasing the Devil I, montage. I actually, I agree, I, I thought about this, like, what would, that would be really great, that the whole idea of the televised exorcism uh, was, I thought it was a great idea, and like that thing where it was like these charlatans who then are like forced to realize, oh shit, there is actually real evil in the universe, or um but a great pick ned Beatty. i mean ned Beatty's. i think they're great i had a little 
I think they, they pushed it too far in like this kind of stupid way. Uh, a couple years before this, a film called Pass the Ammo came out, which was the f maybe the first movie to really... No, no, I think there was a, there was some other stuff with like Sean Connery or for with Andy Kaufman. But this was like Pass the Ammo was Tim Curry basically playing um, uh, Jim Baker. Jim Baker? Jim Baker. And uh, Annie Potts playing Tammy Faye. And it's like the mega church. And um, it's not a great film, but it's good. It's got Bill Paxton, so it's always going to be okay in my, my book. Um, but I, like while I was watching the stuff with them, I thought like, oh, this is good. And I was comparing it to Past the Ammo. I think that they, that these two films are like kind of mining humor from these ridiculous actual human beings. And um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and it's Ned Beatty. Ned Beatty never pulls his punches. No. Ned Beatty's always going to give you everything he can do in Ned a film. Ned Beatty is existing in a separate film here. Right. In which he is probably, he may even be improvising a lot of what he's saying. A lot of that might not be written down. Uh, he's just plain televangelist. Well, his part in Network is uh, one of the shortest performances to ever get an Oscar nomination. Yeah, he's on screen he for one scene. That's how good he is. So anyway, that's my pick. That's it, a it's good that's choice. A, so that brings us around now to our final segment of uh, yeah. Worst Scene. Yeah. We decide whether the worst scene in The Exorcist is better than the best scene and repossessed or vice versa and George yes you I'd like to out. go first all right so we are looking at the crucifix scene versus the stock footage I'm gonna tell you I like that stock footage a whole lot more than I like the crucifix scene so uh, repossessed has a vote of one all right so let's go all right so what do you say the the best scene and repossessed versus the worst scene and actresses what's better the best scene in Repossessed, which is uh, Give Me a Little Head, and then it shows a little head <laughs> of Leslie Nielsen on a stick. stupid. Oh, Jesus. I mean, I was, I was not expecting that. And what did I say? The best scene of... Uh, the worst scene of the exorcist. Oh, worst scene of the exorcist is, oh, Pazuzu. <laughs> the flash of the... Is that right? No. Which one's better? Which one's better? Gotta go with give me a little head. Let's bring it around. All right. So my choices. Oh man. The oh, worst man. scene in The Exorcist is where uh, there's a real logical gap in which the nanny comes up, and without uh, having any uh, foreknowledge of Linda Blair's stomach, is able to remove a blanket and unbutton her shirt, and <laughs> then wait for a second and see. Uh, Linda Blair, I guess, inside herself, spelled the words, help me, on her stomach, versus Ned Beatty, a brilliant actor. Mm -hmm. We'll give him Ned Beatty. So that means that Repossessed, the best scene to Repossessed, is agreed swept. all around, is oh. the worst scene in The Exorcist, which means, so, folks, that boy, you need to go to any participating jack-in-the-box. Yep. And if you ask for a large curly fry and mention worst scene, you'll get those curly fries for free. Mm -hmm. That's participating Jack in the Box. Yeah. I can't say which ones are going to be participating, no. but just know that no. if you go in and say uh, large curly fries, give a little wink and say worst scene, no. that they'll give you that to you for free. Okay. So long as they are participating, I'm not promised they will be participating, we... but they are a sponsor. Uh, not an official sponsor, but an unofficial yeah. sponsor but that is, is certainly doing this. George, We go ahead. weren't going to do this 
but we we originally had planned for this sponsorship just for the two of us now there's three there is a clause so you can say large curly fries and bedevil it and they'll give you the uh, the two tacos at no additional charge no additional charge folks so. Only at participating Jack yeah. in the Boxes. We can't say what's under participating. That's not up for that's us to allowed, decide. It's yeah, not allowed in our contract to tell you who's participating. Yeah. But you but. just go in, you say those words, and you see what happens. And yeah. if uh, most likely you're going to get those tacos for free. I can't. There's a possibility that you won't. I'm sorry if you encounter that. But most likely you get those free tacos. Yeah. Land, go ahead. Wait, are we getting curly fries? No, no, no. Our audience are getting curly fries. And then if they say bedevil it, they'll get the two tacos. Bedevil it. Bedevil it. Yeah. So devil it. Shouldn't you get deviled eggs? Well, they don't serve They don't serve those yet at Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box? Are you listening? Yeah. They absolutely oh. are because they are, of course, a major sponsor yeah. of Worst Scene. That's how I afford this leather couch. Yeah. So, and if you are out there and you've enjoyed our bedevil it special, send us a photo. And uh, we'll put you on the uh, worst scene podcast. <laughs> we'll, describe, we'll describe it. We'll describe your photo on the podcast in detail. Please send us a photo to worstscene at worstscene.com. Yeah. Basically, if there's anyone out there, please just write an email and say yeah. you heard this part. Let us yeah, know you exist. Just interact yeah. with us. Please. Interact with us online. And we can we also so little. post it on our own personal Facebook pages. Yeah, we can post it wherever wherever we feel like because that's our copyright. Then when you send it to us, yeah. it's our property. Yeah, let's not let's not let's not uh, get too litigious just yet. Um, well, but just know that we're, right we now. are we are we are actually working on uh, yeah. being much more litigious. Oh, just so. know that uh, anyone listening to this podcast right now, we actively have a lawsuit against you. Uh, uh, if, you if you cross us, if, if you, you cross us, that's I mean that's the point. It's just actively there, yeah. just waiting for you. To but if you're with problem. us. If you're still with us at this point, write, <laughs> write me an email at land at l4nd.com. Oh, you can have your personal email. And Whoa. I will send you $20. No! Over Venmo or PayPal. No, you won't. L-A-N-D at l4nd.com. That's Land's website. Feel free to write him if you would feel like it. Twenty dollars. Uh, it's gonna be a flood of emails going to land. <laughs> we, clearly, we, um, we are not endorsing this. <laughs> but land is allowed to do whatever sponsorship. Uh, we would he recommend wants that you do. do the curly fries. Right. We don't. Kid. We don't go the curly fries around. That's a corporation. <laughs> land <laughs> will not send you curly fries. <laughs> but I can send you twenty dollars. I guess so you could buy curly fries with. He, but that's I have not. known land for over half his life, and he has never sent me curly fries. You can buy twenty curly fries. Is that the? Are you? Is this like the? Uh, why do I? Why do I need to buy my own? I want them. Curly to fries are more than a dollar a piece. Anyway, I think we've reached the end of the, of the podcast, folks. Let's wrap it up. Do you have any final words, George, before we go? Uh, I do appreciate that movies could be made for a little money and not be that great. Thank you for your contribution. I was a man of my business when the devil walked in on me. Oh, no. Waving his hand said, come on, just follow me. <laughs> so I, I looked him in the eyes and I showed him to the door. Oh, no. And I told him to get lost because I've been there. Once before, don't wanna be Reek, 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 repossessed Reek, 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 repossessed